Hello, my name is Emily Jansen, and this is the Leadership is Female podcast. I'm a female leader in sports. I'm the general manager of a AAA baseball team in minor league baseball, and I'm the first woman to hold this title in nearly 20 years. And I'm here with the Leadership is Female podcast to make sure that this amount of time never goes by again before another woman leads. Marion Wright Edelman said, you can't be what you can't see. So I am here to interview successful women in sport to uncover opportunity, learn the tips, learn from our mistakes, learn from our successes to get you to the top faster. Join me and my guests week after week, season after season, as we reach back to extend a hand to pull you forward. I will lead her forward because leadership is female. I'm excited to share with you today a panel from a group called Women in Soccer and Brandy's Corner. Womeninsoccer.org is an organization online that's united by the inclusive spirit of soccer, and the mission is to connect all women who love the beautiful game. Whether you're on the field or cheering in the stands, work in the business, want to be in the business, or are passionate about being a change maker, the network at Women in Soccer is here to support you. Founding member Brandi Chastain puts together a very cool event about once a month where she leads a panel of women on a topic for the community. And I was honored to be a part of one of them called How to Thrive in Male-Dominated Workspaces and Empower Other Women Along the Way. So this was a pretty cool experience for for me and um, a lot of fun to talk to those guests. But I want to also tell you about how you can get involved and take advantage of all that Women in Soccer is is doing. You can join their community for free at womeninsoccer.org and get access to awesome events just like this one. Uh, Panels of incredible women and networking, job postings. Did you hear that? Job postings and support uh, of networking and um, help to get you the job in sports that you are seeking. If you ever played soccer, if you work in sports or in any way attached to the game of soccer, even just watching it on TV, this is a group for you. I can tell you the women I've met, Rachel, Brandy, Maria, all from Women in Soccer, are incredibly passionate and ready to help you succeed in your career and find a group of people to rally around the beautiful game and create a very unique network. So what am I sharing today on the Leadership is Female podcast? Well, I told you I got a chance to be a part of this panel hosted by the one and only Brandi Chastain. In case you don't know who that is, she is a two-time FIFA Women's World Cup champion, two-time Olympic gold medalist, coach, and sports broadcaster. She played for the United States national team from 1988 to 2004. She has 192 caps on the team, scored 30 goals, playing primarily the defender and midfielder positions. She scored a World Cup winning penalty kick shootout goal against China in the 1999 FIFA Women's World Cup that created that iconic Nike sports bra moment. The panel is called How to Thrive in Male-Dominated Workspaces and Empower Other Women Along the Way. Included are myself, um, Shiz Suzuki, who's the Associate Vice President of Sponsorships and Experiential Marketing at AT AT&T and Jesse Flex Lebrec from American Ninja Warrior, a big fan of that show. So cool to meet Jesse. Um, she's also the GM of a ninja gym in Illinois and is working to grow confidence in kids and teach them a very cool ninja skills. This event included uh, breakout sessions for networking, so it is edited to fit within the format of the Leadership is Female podcast. For the full experience, join womeninsoccer.org. Uh, Before we jump in, I wanted to share something with you that I said on the panel that didn't get included in this recording. I know you've heard it before. It's my motto, be so good they won't forget you. Brandy had asked me to leave the group with some parting words when I had to jump off the call early to pick up my son from school. And of course, I left the group with my motto. Why? Because to thrive in any space, you've got to do great work period. Bottom line, enough said. No matter what hurdles you face, if you know that you are doing your absolute very best work, your work will speak for itself. Whether your current employer recognizes this or not is up to them. 
but the feeling, satisfaction, and lessons from a job well done are all yours and they get to stay with you. So if you feel like you are being overlooked, undervalued, or underappreciated, first look internal. Ask yourself, are you doing your best work? If the answer is yes, then take that with you wherever you go. Your legacy is yours and yours alone. People in your path will recognize and remember. Be so good, they won't forget you. So starting with some parting words or leading off words with with a motto like that, let's get right into this conversation. Brandy Shiz, who is incredibly amazing, by the way. You guys are going to be blown away by the knowledge bomb she's dropping on all of us. And uh, Jesse Lebrecht are all women to listen to and have words to share that should stick with you. Women in soccer, thank you so much for allowing me to share this conversation with Leadership is Female. Hashtag women supporting women. Keep sharing and we will all benefit. Rising tides lift all ships. I've given enough quotes, so let's get this thing going. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Brandy's Corner. We have some really rad women joining us today. They are empowering and thriving in male-dominated industries, so we are so excited to get some insights from them. Emily Jansen, Shiz Suzuki, Jesse Lebrecht, excuse me. I don't want to give too much away about them because you'll just learn more from them and what they're and themselves. They'll they'll do some intro themselves. Without further ado, Brandy, I hand it to you. Take it away. Hello, Brandy's Corner Group. This is this. It ha- it feels like forever, as Rachel said, because it's been five weeks, and I've been missing you all and missing this opportunity for us to have a conversation about another great topic and to showcase some people who I believe are absolute game changers and uh, impact players. And they no, no doubt are supporting other girls and women and males to have more inclusivity, to have more open minds, to see the world of sports in the way that we all should, which is a place for us all to be uh, competitive, to challenge ourselves, to find friends, um, to be our best. So I, I am so thrilled, and I've said it to them already, a million, million thank yous. Um, this has been a really tough year uh, for myself um, and my teenage son in the online learning, being at home, trying to be the principal, the teacher, the mother, um, sometimes the friend and it's been really hard. And so, uh, my, where can you make change has been really in trying to be better in this space. And I have not been good. I've not been good. I've not been good. I I tell myself I'm going to try. And just this week, I think I had a breakthrough. So I want you all to know that change is possible. We talked about change, how it's uncomfortable, um, you know, how, how it makes us feel and, you know, uh, today my son is trying out for freshman f- soccer and I couldn't be more proud. I don't care if he makes the team and it's been, it's been a great week. So I'm, I'm building from there and that's where my homework has been and I'm trying to make change in that space. So I hope you all embrace the opportunity for change and where, and think about your homework, where can you make change and then go for it. Um, Thinking back to CC Vero Freya and the stories they told about growing up and and the, the battles that they had um, trying to make their way in clearly what's going to come up tonight, which is that male dominated space in football. And, you know, whether they were from Brazil, from England or from Spain, they had similar experiences. And so. The, the battles that they've gone through, the things that they've done, those are really important for all of us to remember that, you know, we're not going to get to wherever it is we want to go, uh, maybe the first time, maybe not even the second time, but we have to um, find our resolve and we got to find our courage and our grit and we have to find those that support us in our endeavors who will tell us the honest things, not just the things we want to hear. And so it is with great delight tonight that we have Emily Jansen, we have Shiz Suzuki, we have Jesse Lebrecht, all three, if I dare say so, badass women uh, on this platform. And I am looking forward to all of them 
really, I, I want them to be able to introduce themselves because I've been introduced a lot and I don't want to take any thunder and I want to make sure that their stories are told as authentically as possible. And so I would love to invite them to the stage now so you can all see them and meet them. Um, I will do a small intro that uh, Emily is the general manager for the AAA Reno Aces baseball team, not far from me. And, uh, you know, that is a new frontier for women. She's uh, Suzuki is at AT&T. She heads the sponsorship department and fun new activities and activations uh, for AT&T. And she's doing, she's crushing it. And look at her. I call her the pit bull with lipstick. You know, she's like phenomenal. And then we have Jesse Lebrec, who is an American Ninja Warrior. And if you are not a watcher, I'm telling you right now, you better watch because it is for real and she is phenomenal. And all of you, thank you very much for coming tonight and being here and sharing this time with all of us. Um, I will start with, how about we start with Emily since that was the order we went in. And if you have any connection to soccer, Emily, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, um, you can share that for anybody, all right? Awesome. Hi, so delighted to be here. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, like many of you, Brandy was an idol of mine um, growing up playing youth soccer, youth travel soccer, and then going on to play um, for half a second in college. When I first met Brandy, I told her um, I was at the game at Soldier Field, um, 1999, the women's, uh, women's game, and that was the first time I had seen women's professional soccer live, and it was incredible. Um, my dad took me to the game and one of my um, best friends from my club team, her dad took her. And so that was a, a representation, I think of allyship of men, um, our dads bringing us to that game. And it was just such a special moment for me um, in my soccer career and in my life. Um, but fast forward to today, I am the general manager of the Reno Aces. We're the AAA affiliate of the Arizona Diamondbacks. And when I earned this position, um, in 2018, I was the first woman to be a GM in AAA baseball in nearly 20 years. And I'm happy to tell you today, I am not alone. Um, there are two other phenomenal women who are in the same position for, for their clubs. And one of the most important things um, that has happened to me since taking this position is really stepping into a leadership role for women in sports. I didn't understand what that would be or what that could be um, until I earned this spot. And um, now I know part of my purpose, not only to kick ass at my job so that others have the opportunity, um, not only to lead my team forward and make sure that everybody who works for me is successful, but it's to lead women forward. And I feel like one of the best ways to do that is to create visibility for women who are absolutely crushing it in their sports careers. And so in the last year, I started a podcast, Leadership is Female, where I can help to amplify those voices, tell those stories, and share with women and men um, just how many incredible females are out there making wonderful contributions in all sports. Well, Emily, I, I can't tell you, I'm sorry that you came to that. I'm not, well, I'm not sorry you came to the game in Chicago at Soldier Field, but I'm sorry that the game started off with a, a bit of a scare because we went down 1-0 to Nigeria and that was a big wake-up call. Um, so sorry for putting you on the edge of your, you and Shannon Noble, I see you in the in the chat that you also enjoyed that game for the as your first game. So that was quite a memorable evening. Well, you came back and crushed it. <laughs> the goals came. The goals came yes. fast, fast and and swift after that. But that was a very scary night. So awesome! Thank you, Emily, so much. Shiz, what's up? Yes, hello. Good to see everyone. Brandy, thank you so much for having me. It is so exciting to be here. So I am Shiz. I oversee all of sponsorships and experiential marketing at AT and T. 
Um, it's a pretty robust, what we call a portfolio. So it's basically a collection of all types of assets that a company will have a partnership with or a relationship with in order for, you know, to, to from, from a marketing perspective, right? So um, I'm really proud of the fact that we've got a pretty robust portfolio that cuts across everything from golf. If there's any golf fans out there, the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, um, the Masters, the I played it, I've played, played it three times. Woo! Come on. Love it. I love it. Um, we've got, um, you know, we've got a couple athletes under our belt as well. Um, the NBA, the WNBA, Major League Soccer, the U.S. National Women's Team. Woo! <laughs> and, um, and, and uh, you know, and also some non-sports assets as well. So we've got, call it, you know, a whole array of, of properties that, that we, you know, manage, what have you. Um, a lot of people will ask, well, what does that actually entail, right? Because I have a lot of friends that are like, yeah, right, Shiz, you go to a lot of games and drink a lot of beer. And <laughs> the reality is, yeah, I know, I'm like, mm, no, it's not quite that. No, the reality is it's a very much so thoughtful approach in terms of, what types of properties, you know, do you go into a relationship with? And there's a lot of data and analytics that go behind that. Um, and then from that point, it's about once you identify properties that you want to, you know, align with your company's brand, then it's about the negotiations, right? It's about landing in the right price points, what have you. It is about the property management and the relationship management that you have with that property long term. It's about, you know, how do you bring that to life for your company and your brand from an experiential perspective, from an activation perspective. Um, so there's call it a, a pretty, you know, uh, 360 approach that we take in terms of the sponsorships that we do. Um, and what I'm really proud of, so I've been in this role for three years. I am not your traditional sponsorships lead, certainly not for a company in a portfolio of this size. Um, I actually grew up, call it, within AT&T. I've done a lot of different jobs. I've managed call centers. I've managed technicians out in the field. I was actually a construction manager at one point in time, the only female at the time. And, um, you know, I've kind of like gone through the ranks and I've been really privileged to, to sit in the seat. And, um, we, you know, we can talk about that journey later on. But anyways, yeah, I'm not your traditional person and certainly you don't get traditional results when you put in non-traditional people in roles. So anyways, super excited to be here and thank you. Awesome, Shiz. Thank you so very much. And I, I, I do want to hit upon the non-traditional roles uh, later um, during this conversation. So thank you. All right, Jesse. Okay. Hi. Thank oh. you so much for having me. Um, I am Jesse Lebrec. Um, I'm known on American Ninja Warrior as Jesse Flex Lebrec. Um, <laughs> I've been doing American Ninja Warrior. Oh. This is my sixth season. Um, I think Brandy is going to get something <laughs> that's going to embarrass me a little bit, but it's fine. Um, I've been on American Enjoyer for and I am a general manager at um, um, Ultimate Ninjas and I also am a partial owner at Ultimate Ninjas as well. Um, I manage the kids program here um, and um, the elite team and kind of everything that encompasses kind of running the gym along with the kids program. Um, before American Ninja Warrior, I was a track athlete, Division One at the University of Maine. I did track for 13 years. Um, unfortunately, the only experience I have with soccer was the soccer coach begging me to try out my junior year because they found out I was fast. I got put on JV, and I decided that um, maybe that wasn't the route for me. <laughs> so that's the only experience I had with soccer. I was like really good at track, and then but got put on JV, and I was like, I don't think so, but thank you. Um, so yeah, so kind of my role right now um, with Ninja and my gym is I am working with the kids. I am kind of building that community at the level of six and up, um, basically work with kids six to uh, 18. Um, and we work on uh, community sportsmanship, being a teammate um, and being competitive in a sport that is really, really tough because you fall way more than you succeed. So yeah, so that's me. Um, excited to be here. Well, I want everybody to know that I- <laughs> so um, I thought you were kidding. That I, I'm a Flex fan. 
<laughs> and this is my other favorite one I made. Jesse yeah. is quite uh, spectacular. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, uh, Jess, listen, when I was a kid, before I started playing soccer, when, before soccer actually came to my neighborhood, you know, I would climb to the top of the tree or, you know, climb up on from the tree onto my roof and then jump into the pool. And, you know, I, I was just active. And if there, if there was American Ninja Warrior, then I probably would never have played soccer. That that's probably the truth <laughs> because I just thought I found all kinds of activity really exciting and uh, it got me, you know, moving and I love falling down, I guess. Maybe that's why yeah. I ended up playing soccer because my yeah. mom, my mom wanted me to play tennis. My grandfather wanted me to play golf, which I'm glad that now I do. Um, but neither one of them were you know, this physical confrontational kind of like get dirty kind of thing. And so I, I'm so happy that you're here today. And the the conversation we had the other day about what you're doing to help encourage young um, athletes, boys and girls, uh, as a leader, um, you know, finding their self-esteem and building them themselves up and how to be a good teammate in the gym and how that translates to other really great um, results in their life, um, we, we will absolutely talk about um, 100%. I'd actually put this out to Jesse, Emily, and Shiz uh, to discuss this component. And let's you can open up your microphones and we can Please. have this interaction <laughs> because I feel like yeah. this is something that has been a part of the landscape um, leading to this moment of us talking tonight. And... You know, the difference between our colleagues, our male colleagues and women uh, looking and searching for their the thing that that drives them. Right. The passion in their heart, the the fire in their belly. And yet we let doubt, we let not not being perfect get in the way. And any comments, Emily, any comments, Shiz, please add them to this this part of the conversation. Um, you know, there's something to be said about, you know, there's all sorts of stats out there about women will only apply to a job if they qualify. What is it like? I don't know, 90% of the job description as opposed to right. men, where if it's like 40%, they'll apply and assume that they're going to get the job. So, you know, there's definitely a, a lot of, you know, um, you know, differences there. I know for myself in this role, um, like I mentioned, I'm, I'm, I'm not a traditionalist. I probably would have never applied for this job, by the way. Um, I I'm only sitting in it because another woman at the time, she was our chief brand officer, had, frankly, she had enough of the, the, you know, she was courageous as well to take a chance on me. I'm really grateful that, that she did. And certainly it taught me a lesson about courageousness and hiring and, and making sure that we're, you know, we're, we're, we're doing that um, ourselves. But, you know, certainly I, I think it's that it's sometimes, um, you know, in, in this case for me, I, I may not have had that courage myself, but somebody else saw it in me that I would I maybe not have seen it, but Tammy, you took that leap on yourself. That's really incredible. Bravo. Yeah. What you said, Shiz, about so many people around us see it in us and they and they lift it out of us. For me, it was a moment when my daughter was in her homeschooling class here, 20 feet away, my collaborator, my eight-year-old. And I heard the teacher, they were talking about to the kids about what their parents do for a living. And my daughter said, my mommy helps girls be able to race cars with boys. And remember when my friend said, you can't have any doubt. If you have any doubt, your business is going to fail. And I went, that was it. That was it. I don't care if I get kicked in the mouth 300 times a day. I'm getting back up and I'm doing this. And that was that moment. Like, like she's like, you talk about, it's like, there's somebody that, that, that lifts the doubt out of you, right? It just literally lifts it out of you. And that was what happened with me for sure. You know, you know, Emily, go ahead. And then I'm going to say, add something to that. Yeah. And I was going to say for everybody out there, who's feeling like I don't have that power or I don't have that confidence. Let me tell you, confidence is a skill set. It doesn't have to be something that you are born with. It's something that you can grow over time. Listen, when I was in high school, I couldn't call the local pizza place to order a pizza because I was too afraid to dial the phone. And one of my many jobs 
as GM of this baseball team is selling big partnership deals. And guess what that requires? Picking up the phone and calling people that you don't know. And confidence can be earned over time. It can be grown over time. You just have to make sure that you're fueling yourself. So to Tammy and Shiz's point, like have some people around you to help lift you up or recognize that. But also you can go and seek that out on your own as well. Make sure if you're engaging in social media, are you following people who inspire you like Jesse on our on our call today? Are you listening to podcasts? Are you consuming media that is telling you that you can be better, do better, achieve more, and here's how to do it? Don't surround yourself with the negative. That's not going to help you grow that confidence. And little by little over time, you can have a voice as loud as Shiz, a voice as loud as Tammy. Just don't compare your beginning to their middle or end and just work day by day um, on yourself. Awesome. I would just like to add to that just a tiny bit is like, I feel like that confidence too can be not faked, but like pushed a little bit. Like you push that envelope every single time and eventually you have it within because I know that there were so many things that used to scare me when I was younger. I was um, an elementary school teacher. And then now this job, which I had zero qualifications for. Um, and so it's almost like I had to push it and be like, fake it on the outside until I felt it on the inside. So that's what happened to me. Well, I'm going to tell you, Jesse, you just hit on something that we used to use all the time with the women's national team, which was the fake it till you make it motto. Right. Because, and, you know, it, it, there's a lot of truth to it. And, you know, you have to be able to look the part on the outside, even if you feel nervous on the inside. And that's okay. Like, I think having that nervousness or being, um, you want, you want the best, right? So that's what I, nervousness to me is it manifests itself because you care, not because you're not good enough, not because you can't do the job, not because you shouldn't be there. It's because you care. And that's what, otherwise you wouldn't have that feeling. That feeling would not exist. Um, to Emily, to your point about social media and, you know, what, what are you choosing to um, put on in your menu and what's the diet that you're choosing to um, partake in? I like the, the part when you said, find the things that, sh that um, shares how to do it, not just, hey, have confidence, but how do you do it? And so for me, I, I, I think I want to share something that I have used through my career that um, has given me the how to do it part, which is um, this concept of being ready. You don't know when the opportunity is going to come. You don't know when the next, when the ball might bounce in a weird, funky way because it's got an, an extra spin on it. But if you're on the balls of your feet, the potential for a positive outcome is really, it, it, exponentially grows higher and higher, right? So this concept of being ready. So to everybody that's on this call, you know, the idea of being ready is maybe it's going over your notes before a big meeting. Maybe it's um, checking, you know, I found a book today online that I'm interested in. Um, maybe doing a little reading, um, you know, establishing a, a foundation that you won't move from and, and saying, that's it, holding my ground, you know, whatever it is, um, that allows you to be in kind of that ready state. You know, I watched Jesse perform on American Ninja Warrior and, you know, before she went to do, um, was it 13, Jesse? How many um, obstacles? Uh, this time was only six. Six Next obstacles. Time yeah. Next time will be 13. <clears throat> when, you know, she takes this big, deep breath, kind of shake it out. And then it's like, you know, that's maybe your you're preparing. You don't might not even know you do it, or it's just, you know, something that we practice. So <clears throat> this idea of being ready, because I have a job now with City Cheers in a tech startup. I had no idea this is what I was going to be doing one year ago. And being open to the opportunity in that ready state, as Shiz knows, because she just said she would never have applied for the position she has, the willingness to be open and vulnerable in the ready state, I think, is something that we can all do. Is it scary? Hell yeah. It's going to be scary sometimes, but that's okay because you, who knows the person you'll be on the other side of that. And is that to me, that's worth the risk as far as I, as I see it, everybody 
Yes? Um, awesome. Okay, Emily, tell us the story about um, how sometimes your position has not been known by other people in the room and kind of what that has been like. <laughs> yes, uh, the mistaken identity. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, obviously I'm a um, woman and I'm in a man's world. And um, sometimes that means there's assumptions on what my job might be or what I may or may not do for the team. Maybe I'm the secretary, maybe I run the team store, um, you know, various various other jobs other than um, I'm the boss or the general manager. So uh, a couple of years ago, I was um, I went on a partnership meeting with one of our staff and um, he is a, a tall young man and um, we walk into a local uh, car dealership and we're meeting with, with their general manager. And at the time, my title was not GM, I was vice president um, with, with the company. And I walk in um, next to him and the, the car dealership owner looks past me and at him and says, so great you brought your secretary with today to take notes. And I just was, you know, I kind of took a couple of steps back. Like, Whoa. Um, actually, my name is Emily Jansen. I'm the vice president of corporate partnerships here, and I'm, I'm here to help, you know, come to an agreement with you and help <laughs> through the deal. And he took a couple of steps back at, at that declaration. And, um, you know, we get, we found our, our even pace, uh, after that encounter, but it was awkward for everybody that he had made that assumption, um, and got us start off on the wrong foot. So it was after that meeting that I took a step back and thought, okay, this is like not going to be the last time this happens to me in my career. So what can I do moving forward to make sure that we're productive? When we have these big meetings um, that it, this doesn't happen to that person, this doesn't happen to me. And so um, one, of the, uh, one of the tools that I use is the business card. I, I feel like business cards have a sole purpose for this alone. And that is to walk in, again, thinking about your confidence, thinking about what is your outward appearance? Are, are you standing tall? Are your shoulders back? Like, are you just ready to rock? Are you prepared for the meeting? And have that business card at the ready. So I have it in my hand and I walk in. And I present the card to the person, tell them who I am, what my title is, give them the card, shake their hand. And so there's no time for an assumption to be made. And I can take the lead from the beginning. So that is my tip um, to all of you for that mistaken identity. And, <laughs> and also, you know, don't be afraid to correct somebody if they make an incorrect assumption about you. It's awkward yeah. the first time. Um, but after that, you know, you get in your groove and you deserve to be known and recognized for the position that you've earned within the company. Absolutely. That is, I, I love that story. And I, I'm, I'm really glad it wasn't me because um, <laughs> I probably would have been all up in that guy's face, not in a bad way, but in the way you said, like, um, you know, I, I'm the vice president. And I know sometimes you don't, you've, maybe you've never met a vice president in baseball before, but this is what they look like. And, you know, um, or can look like. And so mm -hmm. I get, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward. I look forward to moments like that um, to have the uh, awkward yet kind of revelation moment, to be honest with you, because I think that that kind of catch it, it does catch people off guard. But then if I think we have to own that moment in a really positive manner, in a way that doesn't shame the person to, mm -hmm. you know, and that that they can come out and going like, okay, I apologize. Thank you for letting me know. And now we're on to whatever it is we're doing. Shiz, you have something. Uh, you have a similar esque story about the suits and the. the I do. The, the oh, dudes well, in the room. The dudes in the room. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, cer certainly it's it's a similar one for sure. So um, this is back in eighteen. Um, AT&T, we had just gotten into esports and gaming, and I was really proud of that of the fact that for years there were other men in my role who have who had tried to make it happen. They couldn't get it to work. I came in, and in about six months, we made it happen. 
we had a really large gaming company come to us, a very large deal. And um, they had reached out to one of our senior vice presidents, head of our content at the time. And the head of content was like, I don't know anything about gaming and esports. So Shiz, I need you to come join me for this meeting. I want, I want you to be there when we take this pitch. And I said, sure thing. So here we are, we're up in the boardroom um, here in LA. And uh, I, I, I came, I was, I was first, I, I beat Dan to the room. And so there were about, I don't know, a dozen men all in suits. And um, not, I, I was like, wow, they didn't bring a single woman to the table. That was kind of shocking. But, you know, so they kind of ignore me. Like I walk into the room, they kind of, you know, they didn't really acknowledge me. So whatever. I go, I sit down and they were all talk, talking amongst themselves. And one of them finally looked up. I later realized he was the, I had to look him up. He was the, he's the CEO of, of this company anyway. So he um, says to me, he's like, hey, um, do you know where the coffee is? Like, can you get me a cup of coffee? And I, I'm sure whatever the look on my face was must must have just been like complete. Oh, yeah. Was this 1950? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Just checking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, 19. And so I, I think I saw somebody's comments in here as well about coffee, but like, you know, and so I, I was just like, well, listen, I said, if you need a cup of coffee, you can go back down to the cafeteria in the basement and go get one. Right. Like, I guess. And uh, he was kind of like taken, you know, taken aback by that. Dan walks into the room, all 12 get up, right? It's like, everybody stand up. It's like the bride just walked into the room and they of course shake his hand and blah, 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 blah. And we all sit down, right? So then Dan says to the group, um, y'all, you know, y'all are not really here to see me. You're, you're here actually to see Shiz. She oversees sponsorships. She knows the gaming stuff. You're here to see her. And they're kind of like, <laughs> oh, well, this, the, the coffee guy isn't getting it. So they start off on this pitch. It's a 90-minute pitch. Oh, my gosh, we never take 90-minute pitches. Anyways, this guy starts off, and he's only looking at Dan, right? He keeps addressing Dan, and I finally got irritated. And so I just jumped in. Heavy-hitting questions, industry demo, like, you name it. Like, usually sometimes I'll kind of play nice, and I kind of let him finish. I didn't even bother. I just jumped in. I'm like, hey. We need to understand this. We need to understand this. And at the very end of it, when we finally all got up to say our goodbyes, you know, finally this time they were shaking my hand and the, the CEO guy comes over and he shakes my hand and he says, you really know your stuff, don't you? And I said, why would you have thought anything different? Right. This was supposed to be a um, eight figure deal and we didn't do it. We did not do it. That is, so, that is awesome. It's like you put your money where your mouth is, right? And listen, if, if, if something doesn't feel right, I mean, you know, at, at the base of a, of a sponsorship, you've got to align in terms of, you know, whether it be ethics or just the foundation elements of like cultural principles, right? Yeah. And if you don't agree on that, doesn't matter how good the product is, you can't do the deal. So right on sister. Thank you for listening to Leadership is Female. It's June and we've got three big things going on on the podcast. First, calling all interns. We have four eight-week internships available in social media, website development, PR, and content. Are you interested? These are resume boosting, learning, and networking opportunities for you. Check out our Instagram for details. Number two, the Young Leaders series is coming up in July. This four-part series has one spot available by nomination. Have someone who works for you who is a star? Email us at leadershipisfemale.com to nominate. And three, all new email subscribers in the month of June will be entered to win a high-performance planner, and one lucky winner will be chosen at the end of the month. If you have not subscribed, head to leadershipisfemale.com and subscribe today. Throughout this season of Leadership is Female, I've talked with several founders of the Pro Sports Assembly. I'm glad to become a founder too and invite you to join us at prosportsassembly.com. We are the association for people who work in professional sports. Our core purpose is the advancement of diverse and inclusive leadership. From finance to innovation, operations and sales to social responsibility, 
marketing, human resources, and analytics, the assembly aims to ensure pro sports has a diverse and talented pipeline to lead these efforts and more. Visit prosportsassembly.com to learn more. Jesse, your your environment, uh, we talked about, you know, <laughs> the the how many male athletes and you know what do women athletes look like in this space and how many female athletes are involved and you know maybe you can share something around you know the maybe it's the look the feel the integration of women into um, ninja warrior um, gyms uh, that would be awesome yeah um, so I feel very very fortunate in the community that I'm in um, with American Ninja Warrior it started very small and it was a I don't think, I don't know of any women actually in the very, very beginning that actually did Ninja Warrior. And so it started with a very small group of guys. It wasn't even televised. It was, you know, whatever. This really started super small and then it grew into what it is now. Um, and as it's grown, more and more women have taken to American Ninja Warrior. Um, it really picked up huge when uh, Casey Canzaro in season six, she had a finals buzzer. And that's really when I even found out what American Ninja Warrior was. I wasn't watching it on TV. It popped up on my Facebook feed. Some people had like tagged me in it and said, you would be awesome at this. And I was like, well, I'm doing track. There's no upper body in track. So I would probably be terrible at it, but okay. Um, and then from then it has grown more and more women all the time. Um, the people in this community are the most supportive people that I've ever been around. It's extremely welcoming. Um, everyone is supporting each other. And the guys, when you come into this community, no one underestimates anybody. So I feel mm. so, so fortunate with the people that I have I am with to the point where they try to push me too hard sometimes where I'm like, no, you don't understand. I can't do that yet. And they're still trying to make me do it between my fiance and my friends and whatever. They're like trying to make me do something. And I'm like, no, I can't do it. So it is that supportive. So I feel extremely lucky in that sense. Um, even with the show, you know, NBC, um, American Ninja Warrior, they have even created different rules within American Ninja Warrior to try to guarantee that more and more females will continue to qualify and more females will be able to tell their story on the show, um, qualify into further episodes, into Vegas, and then from then on. They do it so that way it still keeps the, um, the you know ethics of the show or the rules of the show where you still have to do a certain amount of stuff to win the million dollars at the end but it at least guarantees that more females will be able to continue on to tell their stories you know there's whether you qualify in the top five or the top two they didn't have those rules when i first started so they wanted to figure out a way to to guarantee where more women were going to be able to be shown um so Obviously, I've had those cases. I am a female. Um, I've always had those cases where, you know, someone doesn't think you're strong enough or think you can do this or, you know, I'm a manager at the gym. So I get times where being a younger female manager at the facility, people will come in and think that they can walk all over me and they can't. And so um, I've been pretty good about sticking to my guns with that kind of stuff. So that's it was a bit of a learning curve at first. <laughs> yes. Um, but, um, you know, uh, parents or, and things like that come in and they just, um, I, I feel very thankful with most parents because of the TV show. They might know who I am. And so I actually, they're nicer to me because of that. Um, but then you get those people that aren't. And so I have had to really, you know, stick to my guns sometimes um, because I'm the younger female, they think they can walk over you. But um, e anyway. I, I just feel very fortunate in this community with um, the support of everyone, even though it is, it was quite male dominant in the beginning, it's becoming more and more and more women all the time. Uh, it still is more men than women, but I feel very fortunate that it has been so, um, everyone has been, it's just such a great community. Well, I, I'm going to, if there was a vote to be had, I would vote for American Ninja Warrior to um, get it, to, get their cultural business uh, model to everybody in the world so that everybody is, you know, on this welcome in kind of attitude. You come through the door and it's 
what are your best qualities, bring your best self, influence our space. I am having so much fun. I hope everybody else is too. Just, you know what? I love good people. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I find greatness everywhere. I, I really think it comes in unique packages. Uh, I'm, I'm not um, the kind of person who says that it can't exist over there because um, I, I'm tonight has been a real bucket filler for me uh, after a good day. So I am super jazzed. Um, Jesse, if you can tell us, um, I, I think self-confidence can be like, as you know, I think as Emily said, we can grow this, right? We can learn it. I believe also that at the younger ages, we're more pliable, right? We're like a pieces of clay. Kids are like, they absorb the things that are around them and whether those are good or bad things. And so how are you molding the kids in your gym? Because I think some of the things you talked about would be helpful for us as adults, even though we're a little more rigid, but could be helpful. Sure. Yeah. So we start at, like I said, we have um, ages six and up here. And the number one thing that we teach to like our normal class is just like, if you fall, it's okay. You pick yourself back up and we try again. When we do our stations for obstacles, we get, you know, I, I have like 12 to 15 minutes on the station. So the kids get lots of different tries. If kids can't do something on an obstacle, we dial it down so that we, we find a way where they're still doing something to make them feel successful when they're leaving. I talk about that all the time with my coaches is like, um, I don't need the kid to complete every obstacle in the gym. I need them to feel better about themselves when they leave, feel successful, and that they had a good time. Um, sometimes they, like the kids will, they fall all over the place. Kids are falling all the time. And I'm like, hey, did you have a fun class today? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, good. So that's like what we're striving for is that they're learning that it's okay to fail at something as long as you have a good attitude about it and you pick yourselves back up. Another example is last night we have an elite team here. So we have um, kids that try out for a team. Um, they have to get a certain amount of points. They have to have, um, they have to be good role models. They have to be good sports. And that's how they make the team. Um, we had a kid last night where he is the youngest kid in the older kids team because he was so good on the younger team that I had to move him up so he would still get challenged. So he's only 10. All the other kids are 13, 14, 15 years old. <laughs> he's really good. But he couldn't get an obstacle last night that everyone else was getting. And that's really hard for him because he can do almost all of the obstacles. Anything we put in front of him, he can do it. But this one is a little scary for him. So he couldn't do it. So he got very, very upset. And so the next time around, I tried to really talk him up. I was like, you got to, you can do this. You got to believe in yourself. I'm right here. I'll make sure you don't get hurt, whatever. And he still failed. And so sometimes when I pump him up a little too much, it makes the fall even harder for them. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Ooh, did I do that? And so he got even more upset. So I went over and I had a chat with him about, um, how even though he is the youngest kid in his group, that there are kids that are still looking up to him. And it's okay to be upset. It's okay to get frustrated. It's okay to feel bad not doing something. But it's also okay to be strong about it. So that way, when the older kids are looking at them, and they fail that same thing, they think, okay, he just failed that, but he was strong about it. And so I can be strong about it too. And I can get back up and I can try it again. And so it's just like reiterating that all the time because they forget they're, they're kids. They, you know, they get upset. They feel bad for themselves. They get down on themselves. They expect too much. And so we remind them of that all the time is that it's okay to fall and it's, um, you know, it's okay to not be at your best all the time, as long as you get back up and you keep trying and to just know that they're always being role models. They're always being watched by somebody. Mm -hmm. And so to be a good role model for those other kids. Okay, so I, I, then I'm going to ask Shiz a question about what you've said, and I'm going to put a, a name to it and talk about allyship, because what it is you talked about, Jesse, I believe is allyship and Shiz. So, um, you know, how do you work with allies and what does that look like? And, you know, how can we bolster allyship? I think allyship just comes in many shapes and forms. And Sometimes it comes where you least expect it. And sometimes you have to also um, 
you know, uh, sometimes you have to ask for it too. So I think mm. it, you know, it comes in different forms. Um, you know, right now my, my immediate supervisor, he, he oversees all of the media buys as well as sponsorships. And he has a very long and storied career in the sports industry where, I mean, you know, you go anywhere with him and ev I mean, everybody knows who he is. And so for me coming in brand new, it was a really intimidating thing. And I know, you know, we've kind of talked a little bit about like, you know, confidence and, you know, and sometimes it's just fake it till you make it. And yeah, been many moments of, of me doing that. And, you know, he, you know, so it's about like, I didn't have to ask with him. He just organically knew, like, I, you know, I want to take you under my wing. And, and he just kind of did that. And so whenever we go places um, and we, you know, we're talking to movers and shakers in the broadcast, entertainment, sports industry, you name it. I mean, big names. And he's like, guys, he's like, you don't really, you know, he's like, you're really not here. to, And he says guys, because it literally is all guys. But he's <laughs> like, guys, like, you're really not here to see me. He's like, you really he's like, I want you to meet Shiz. I really want you to meet Shiz. And so that encouragement, like little things like that matter. It makes a difference. Mm -hmm. Another thing once um, early on in this role, I, I said something to him about like, feeling a bit uncomfortable. I'm like, you know, everyone. And I was like, and I know just a few people. And he's like, shiz, he goes, all of us. He's like, all of us that have been around for a long time. He's like, we're going to be gone. He's like, and so what you need to do is make your relationships with the people that you work with today. He's like, don't be, he's like, don't psych yourself out. Cause you don't know a lot of the you know, he calls them. He's like, he's like us old fogies, right? He's like, focus on the people that you work with today. He goes, because in a very short period of time, y'all are going to be the ones running this business. And I thought, wow, right? Like that was such a, I don't know, such a nice thing for him to say. I, I take that one with me all over, but you know, so you just never know. So that's my boss. I've got a, um, a director, somebody who reports to me on my team, who's been in this industry a lot longer than I have. And certainly he reports to me. However, um, he's been really great about, you know, driving, call it the work that we do in gender equality. Actually, I, I, yes, I have a, I have, I have a male running that for me with a lot of other females. So it's, it's part of this balance, right? I've got women who run esports, got men who run gender equality and, you know, and he has been an ally, not just for myself, but for the many people on his team as well. And so bringing opportunities, speaking opportunities, you know, events like this, platforms like this are really important. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so, yeah, I think it's just, you know, you find allies in, in different places that you just never expect. And if you're not finding them, sometimes you got to ask for them. That's OK, too. That's so okay. I think that's a that's a call to action for everybody to take home as a homework right action item, which is find an opportunity to uh, make a ally, be an ally to someone and then find allyship somewhere else. And we have a question in, um, in our Q and a says, how can I, as a male be a better ally? So if you have any comment about that or Emily, same for you, uh, Jesse, same for you, please go ahead and answer what, you know, what you believe that could look like. I think my quick example would be going back to what I just spoke about in terms of introductions. Like if you're with somebody, introduce them, you know, pull out the proverb. I mean, listen, you, you, you want, you know, a lot of men will like to open doors for you. Let's literally open other doors, right? Not just the physical doors, but opportunities, it's introductions, things of that nature. Listening, Absolutely. listening to the females is a good one. Is that sometimes I feel like I talk and I, and not listened to. And that's really frustrating. Yeah. And great points by everybody. And there's, there's um, also an action item, um, two action items that male allies can take as well. Um, one, if you're asked to be um, a speaker or on a panel at some industry event, consider inviting um, somebody else, um, a more diverse candidate potentially to to take that spot um, or join you um, on the stage and, and lend, lend a more pa uh, panel of more diverse voices. And then the other one, um, just coming off of the month of March with Women's History Month, it doesn't end there. So it's wonderful and I'm, I and I know so many women are so appreciative of the support and stories that were shared in the month of March, but let's not let it end with just that one month celebration. It should be, 
365 that we're seeing the praises of all of our colleagues. And that's for women who are allies of men and men who are allies of women um, don't work within the constraints of, of a holiday. And Shiz, as you were talking, I have a couple of different studies on diversity on my desk. And I was like searching through the pile because, um, you know, some of the things you were saying reminded me of these statistics. And I'm trying to share them everywhere I can because I think they're just so impactful. I mean, the proof is in the data. And companies with gender and or culturally diverse executive teams were 21% to 35% more likely to outperform the competition. This was a study by McKinsey in 2018. And another study showed that diverse teams made superior decisions up to 87% of the time, twice as fast and with half the number of meetings. So <laughs> uh, for us who work in corporate environments, twice as fast and half the number of meetings, you know, sign me up for that. That's awesome. And that is awesome. 85% of household purchase decisions are made by women and half the population is women. I mean, so, you know, it, it, it makes complete business sense as to why, you know, companies should, and certainly to your point, right, that productivity, the, you know, the benefits of are, are so clear because if you've got a workforce that is representative of your customer base, you will organically create products and services that relate better to that customer base. And certainly you'll create messaging or advertising that relates to them. If you, if, if right. um, another homework assignment is the, uh, um, Dick's Sporting Goods, their, their most recent campaign, they have a new female CEO and holy cow, I got to say, I so admire her and what they are doing in terms of what they're messaging and how they're changing the game for sporting goods stores. I'm so impressed. They're yeah. putting up, are they put, they're putting up action shots of women, not just modeling yoga outfits. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is like um, they've got their entire what most of their executive team, I think, is made up of women mm. and the messaging on it is incredible. I'll be curious to see how the, the changes are seen in store for sure. And and can you speak to this this a body image? Because every ninja is different. Yes. Uh, and I I feel like I've gotten so much better about it in the last couple of years. I don't feel like I'm not that like typical, typical person where like I genetically like have abs and, and like, just like popping out of whatever I have really grown to however my body looks when I feel the strongest and I'm able to get through my obstacles, that's how my body's going to look. And that's just what it is. And so I've, it's taken some time. Um, but I know that I can't look at other ninjas and other mm. females and think, okay, well, I want my body to look like that because if my body did look like that, then I might not be able to perform as well on the obstacles as I can right now. And if there, if you could share a piece of advice for those looking for a position or, you know, entry, whether that's entry level or more senior, what would it be? What would, what advice would you give? Always negotiate your salary. Oh, always. I am writing that down. Negotiate. And I got to say, I've learned that the hard way throughout my time and my career. You read it all the time, right? You read all those statistics of the fact that women are most likely not to negotiate. I got to say, if you don't, like if I'm hiring somebody and they don't negotiate, I'm kind of disappointed. <laughs> right. And you've okay. now left money on the table. You should never, ever, ever do that. So, you know, do your research in terms of what competitors other and, you know, what what people are are paying. Right. So get get a get a level set for yourself and then shoot higher. Put a number out there that might make you a little uncomfortable, especially if yeah. that's within the range of what others are compensating and put that out there. And by the way, that's, it's nerve wracking. It's nerve wracking for anyone. I've, I've been coaching a friend who's going through a, a job search process right now. And she's like, I don't know. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And I use this analogy. I'll, I, this my, if my husband can hear me, he's going to laugh. But the analogy I've been giving her is I was like, just imagine, right? Let's say like you want sushi. Now you can go to the grocery store around the corner and pick yourself up a couple rolls for five bucks, right? And you you will you will you know get your sushi. Now there's grocery store sushi, 
or there's Nobu, right? Like you can go to right. a high-end restaurant, executive chef, the full experience. And I keep reminding her, I'm like, Molly, you are Nobu. You are not grocery store sushi. So guess what? That average pay that they're offering you is not good enough for you because you're Nobu. So get the Nobu salary, not grocery yes. store sushi. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. And, and and maybe perhaps in that vein, Shiz, to per, perhaps bolster the confidence in that moment is to do what you said. Again, research, yeah. you know, find what's kind of like happening in the space. And then please don't be afraid to up the price. Yeah. There's a great, there's some great articles more written more recently. It's been with um, talent and influencers mm. because it's, you know, that's a bit different, right? There's no industry average. You can't just go on glassdoor.com. And there's frequently, um, it, it was a great article um, and it was about female influencers and the fact that they traditionally don't ask for the, the dollars that the males are. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and that's kind of where um, I first read that somebody was like, put out a number that makes you uncomfortable. And I thought, Oh, I like that. Right. So yes, yeah. I love it. And glass glassdoor.com is something. Can you explain? Can you, you just threw that out there and I hadn't heard of it. So yeah. So glassdoor.com it's got, it's, it's more corporate, I will say, you know, mm -hmm. um, but organizations in general, uh, they have, uh, you know, call it, there's ratings for a company made by employees and, and former employees, I suppose. And um, they'll rate like the CEO, the culture, that sort of thing. They also list salaries. So they'll have different titles where these are self-reported, right? So granted, right. just take that into consideration. But it is, it starts to, you know, if you kind of hop around, like if there's a certain industry, you can kind of you know, check out a couple companies in that zone for a certain title and you'll start to get an idea of what people are paying. So it's, it's awesome. an interesting, yeah. That is great. Jesse, any last words in that, in that uh, arena? Yeah, sure. So when I took this job, um, I had the luxury of different gyms kind of looking at me and I chose to work for the person that I looked up to and respected the most i feel like as a person within you know within his job resume but more about who he was as a person and what he was doing outside of his job and so i feel like that is really important for me is who i work for because it drives me to want to be better at my job and to work harder because of the person that is that i'm working for is that i respect him to that level um respect what he's doing and kind of you know his aspirations and what he thinks of the gym as well. And that he has a lot, a lot of trust in me. So you want to look for somebody that trusts me as much as I trust them. So fantastic. I think that's a really, that, that is a great reminder too. I am so grateful for you today. Um, this has been very, not just inspiring. It's been educational. Uh, I honestly believe that this conversation about allyship is our homework. So find somewhere that you can be an ally and find someone who can, who can be an ally for you. With that, let's get into the top four takeaways. Number one, when it comes to confidence, push it, earn it, look the part on the outside, even when you are nervous on the inside. Number two, think about the concept of being ready from the point of view of an athlete. We talk about being on the balls of your feet, ready to go. When you are in this position in your career, your chance of success is exponentially greater. How is this applied in the office? This could be reviewing your notes, preparing an outline for a meeting, or rehearsing a presentation. Put in the time to be ready. Number three, from Jesse Lebrecht, the lessons we teach to kids today that are great reminders are, if you fall back down, get up again. And number four, from Shiz, on what to do when you get a job offer. Always negotiate your salary. Put out a number that makes you feel uncomfortable. You are not grocery store sushi. Hey leaders, if you want to be in for a treat, definitely subscribe to the show if you have not done so already because we have so many amazing episodes coming up. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify wherever you listen so you don't miss out. 
And if you leave us a review or post about me or tag Leadership is Female on your Instagram stories to talk about the show, we'll enter you into a giveaway. We're giving away something every single month. Some of my favorite things from my favorite work bag to my favorite sunglasses. Make sure that you spread the word and we will reward you for that. I'll also send you a personal thank you note and repost your comments and reviews. Last thing, did this episode bring you any insights, ideas, aha moments, anything you are inspired by? If so, take one second and share the link, post about it on your Instagram, text your friend, email, so many ways to share leadership is female. And if you do post about this show, again, don't forget to tag at Leadership is Female or at Emily Jansen or my awesome guest today, because knowing that this conversation made a difference for you means the world to us and we love to see it. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Leadership is Female podcast. It means the world to me that you chose to spend your time with this podcast today. If you like this episode, subscribe, share, and review. What can you do today to lead her forward? We will do our part to lead her forward because leadership is female. Thank you for joining us. This podcast was recorded and edited by Emily Jansen, public relations by Paige Hegedus, and distributed by Anchor FM.